Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. And today, I want to talk about album covers and album artwork. And I think we've done a um, an episode above about this recently. I know I did some stuff on YouTube uh, and it and it kind of went well with people. And so I want to focus on this uh, for today's episode and get a little bit practical. And the way I'm going to do it is um, highlighting 10 mistakes that I see um, not just record labels, but independent artists make. I would say um, of these 10 mistakes, I've made probably all of them and a couple of them I've made, uh, I'm still making. Um, so I just want to be clear about that. The notes from today's episode you can get at otherrecordlabels.com slash artwork, as well as some of my other resources and, and tutorials on album artwork and putting together album artwork for your releases can all be found at otherrecordlabels.com slash artwork. Also, <clears throat> excuse me, today's episode might do a little bit better um, on video. And so I've made a video version of today's episode, as most of our episodes are on video. And you can watch that because I show some examples in real life by going to uh, youtube.com slash other record labels. So if you're not a like a subscriber to our, our YouTube channel, be sure to do that because there's like one or two episodes a week and they differ from the podcast too. So that's youtube.com slash other record labels. So I've got 10 things that I want to highlight and I think they're pretty important. I think that album artwork is really, really important. We did a episode about a, maybe two years ago called the visual side of, of music. And it was about this idea that it was kind of a theory slash argument the, that argues that music fans first interact with our releases visually before they hear anything. It's very rare that, you know, unless our music is on the radio and they're walking in a grocery store and they hear it. Um, but for the most part, it's a record in a record store it's um, the the artist or the band or the label sharing about it on Instagram, showing a picture of the vinyl or the tape or just the digital thing. It might be them scrolling on uh, in Spotify in their new releases or the recommendations, um, or it could be like an in-studio photo. Anyway, my point is, is that the visual side of music is really important. And that was what that episode's about. And so I'm a huge advocate for putting together great album artwork. Okay, no more delaying. Number one. Number one mistake I see with album artwork is spending too much money. So I want to, um, and and first of all, my my second point, before any of the graphic designers out there get upset with me, my second point is going to support hiring a graphic designer. So please be patient. But my I do see some people spending a bit too much or investing a bit too much. And I'll tell you, there's kind of like, you have to give a priority to your different releases. And remember, we have like different tiers of, of releases when it comes to our record labels. By that, I mean a single, a digital only single, or, or even like a, a digital only B-side release, like a remix or something is like the lowest tier priority, right? Versus like a 10 song full length album from an artist that hasn't released anything in two or three years. So that there's, and everything in between, right? EPs, live albums, remix albums, uh, one-off singles, and so I feel like you need to gauge, you need to be careful on how much you spend um, on artwork based on what type of release this is. So if this is a full-length record that's going to, the artwork's going to be used not just on digital, on Spotify and Apple Music and Bandcamp, but it's also going to be used to make tapes and to make CDs and to make vinyl, and then investing 
anywhere between $500 to $5,000 in artwork is worth it because it's something that hopefully will live on for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. So that is where spending too much money is not a problem. However, we go back down to the bottom of the hierarchy of releases, spending $500 to $1,000 on a digital single or even on like a, a rare DZP or something might not be a great investment because kind of like let's predict how much revenue we're going to make on this based on some of our other releases. And so if it's a single and you spend uh, even $500, which I know it's fair for a graphic designer, but if you spend $500 on that, that, or let's say a thousand just for easy math, that's like approximately a hundred thousand streams, maybe more nowadays. And so are you going to get a hundred thousand streams? And if you are going to get a hundred thousand streams for this single, do you want all of that money going to the artwork? Or do you want some going to the mastering engineer and the mix engineer and the artist and the label? You know what I mean? So that's just something to keep in mind. I see some people spending a bit too much money. I've spent, I've spent a lot. I've, I've, I've done artwork for free. Um, I've done really basic stuff. I've spent money. I've paid artists like an, you know, just like an honorarium, like whatever they uh, ask for as like a gift or something. Um, and so it's between you and the designer. I know there's a lot of like inexpensive ways to do stuff on you figuring out Photoshop for yourself or using platforms like Canva or even just like I've seen people use Instagram photos and Instagram filters. Um, that's totally fine depending on where the release falls in the hierarchy. Number two mistake I see people making, and this is like counter, is not hiring a graphic designer. I truly believe in the importance of hiring a graphic designer or like a lot of you out there, a lot of our label owners have just become pretty fluent with Photoshop because Photoshop is, is really important when it comes to social media graphics, <clears throat> web graphics, and... And, and of course, album covers and stuff, or like making tweaks to um, some of your physical merch or t-shirts and that kind of stuff. So getting um, good with Photoshop or like there's a, a, a cheaper version, I think it's called Infinity as a company or something, uh, or even just Canva. I think that's really important. But for big, big projects, it's important to hire a graphic designer if you're not a graphic designer or if you're not capable with Photoshop. And I would say one of the big reasons to hire a graphic designer, not just because they're going to put together some really great art. And how do you find a graphic designer? Well, I would say like, look at some of the album covers you've seen in indie music or the tour posters that you've seen and find out what artists did that and reach out to them and get a quote. But I think one of the best things about hiring a graphic designer is, um, and it's not just in there coming up with a concept for the design of the album cover, but more importantly, it's like working with the layout if you're doing physical releases, physical media. That, by that, I mean vinyl, CDs, and tapes. The templates are really tricky. If you look at vinyl, and I show this in the video version of this episode, but if you look at vinyl, you have the cover, but then you also have the spine, and then you have the back, and then you pull out the sleeve, and you have both sides of the sleeve, and then you have the labels, and then how does that work with the color of the vinyl you selected? So it's a very, very involved process, um, and uh, just keep that in mind. So that's one of the reasons why I think hiring a graphic designer, at least for the layout, so you might say, listen, we want to use this photo. You don't need us to design us an album cover. However, we do have to pay for the layout because we need to take this album cover, then find a back cover and a spine and a sleeve or a J card that matches that. Does that make sense? Number three mistake I would see is not thinking about the whole album campaign. So um, part of our marketing course and... Um, uh, as well as mentioned in the new uh, artwork and design book that just came out, um, 
anyway, but part of that, and and also I did this workshop a long time ago um, that is on the website, otherrecordlabels.com slash artwork, where I talk about this idea that there is like a visual thread for an entire album campaign. So we're talking now, not necessarily about a single, we're talking about a, like a proper studio album that has like anywhere between nine and 12 or 13 songs or whatever. That building some sort of visual campaign that where you see the parent album cover. So the most important piece is the proper album cover. But then you have like two or three pre-release singles. Then maybe you have a remix single or you have like a different version of the album or you have a t-shirt that comes in a bundle and you have a vinyl and you have a cassette. And then maybe you have like a, a version with alternative mixes. So it has a different album cover. All of the visuals and then of course social media graphics and web graphics all of the visuals for that album campaign should be thrown up on a wall, either literally or just on like a, a PowerPoint or a Pinterest board and look at everything and say, does this match? Are we using the same font across the board? Are we using the same colors? If, if, we're, if the design has like this yellow, is it the same yellow code across the board? We want to build like a brand for the, um, for the album campaign. And I, I do a huge kind of like lecture on this. You can watch that video on our website. And it shows examples of artists who have done this in the past. And it's also a different version of that is in our, I believe in the marketing course too. But anyway, um, just think about that. I think it's really important because there's a huge benefit in connecting the dots visually for our listeners, for them to go, oh, this, I've seen the album that's available for pre-order on Bandcamp that comes out in a couple of weeks. This single, the artwork kind of matches that artwork of the pre-order of the album. So it's probably means that it's in, you know, in support of that album or coming off of that album, or they might see a tour poster and they realize it's connected because it visually looks the same. You understand. I'm sorry if I'm being pedantic here, but I, I think it's really important. Something I really appreciate as a music fan. Number four, failing to understand the difference between CMYK and RGB. Let's get a little bit uh, technical for a second. So when we are printing color, uh, we're printing, let's say we're printing a vinyl jacket. We want to consider something called CMYK, which just stands for cyan, magenta, yellow, and the K stands for black. And it is a combination of these colors that they'll use in the ink to create the colors that we see on the screen. However, the colors that we see on the screen when we're designing in Photoshop or even Canva uses a color code called RGB, which is just red, green, and blue. And these colors are made up using lights the LED lights in the back of our screen. And you may notice, and again, I really encourage you to, to watch today's uh, episode uh, so I can show you an ex actual example. But you may notice that some of the colors on your screen, especially things like green and blue, are really vibrant. Really, They look neon. They look like really strong. And then when you print them off, it's kind of muted. I mean, you could even do that in your home printer. You can look at something really electric on the screen because it is electric, and then it prints into ink, and it's like, well, this just doesn't feel the same. Well, of course it's not the same. It's not backlit. So that's the difference between CMYK and RGB, and all of our designs that are being printed, so whether that's in T-shirts or that's in posters uh, or jackets or covers for CDs and, and that kind of stuff, that all has to be designed in CMYK. You can design in RGB, but it needs to be converted to CMYK. And then you'll notice, oh, wow, it looks a lot duller. It looks muted. Now you can pay a little bit more money to use Pantones. We're not going to get into that, but 
for the most part, uh, you need to understand this. Now, I'll tell you what. I've been a designer and I've been working in this space now for probably 20 years or more. And a couple years ago, I designed this album cover for an artist on my label that was like super blue, very metallic and exciting. And then we got the proofs back from the from the printer because we were pressing it to vinyl and it looked super dull. And the artist was so pissed and they're like, what's going on? And like, I totally messed up. I designed an RGB. It looked super great back and forth in email. And then in real life, it looked kind of just like a, a muddy purple. And uh, that was my bad. That was my bad for, for starting a design digitally. And I did it again on my record. So I had to kind of change things around. So I always forget to do that. Um, my mistake. So understand those differences. We won't get into it too much today. Number five, not utilizing layered files. Okay. So picture any album cover. Uh, just look around your room. Look at an album cover on your phone. All the different design elements you see on that album cover whether there's a photograph and then there, maybe there's a filter on top of that photograph that gives it a cool effect. Maybe there's a shape or some sort of graphic. There's the text that say the artist's name and the album name. There might be a record label logo. All of those things, all of those elements I just mentioned in Photoshop and in other platforms like that are considered layers. And so when I say utilizing the layered files, I mean, if you have a graphic designer you've hired, let's say in your agreement, they give you access, permanent access to the layered files. So if you open that album cover up in Photoshop, you're going to see the text as one layer, the photo as one layer, the background color as one layer, the record label logo, the UPC barcode, et cetera, all as individual layers. So you can turn on and off those layers, hide those layers, or repurpose those layers. So if you have a cool sketch, like a painted sketch or something, uh, on top of a photo, and that's the album cover. You can take that sketch and put it on a t-shirt without putting the the photo on the t-shirt. And so there's a lot of cool things you can do with the layered files. So when you have the layered files, and it goes back to the creating this whole album campaign so that music fans see that thread and go, oh, I recognize that logo, or I recognize that design. It came from the album cover. It's repurposed onto a t-shirt. I want to get that. And so that's just really important is that when you're working with a graphic designer, make sure they give you the layered files so that in the future you can repurpose these files to create products and future releases that match the album cover. Okay, we're doing well so far. A little bit technical on this one. I hope I haven't lost some of you. Number six, not doing unique designs for each format. Okay, so this is me giving you permission Maybe because I just want to feel better about myself because I did this recently and I hope it's okay. But I designed this like, remember I told you I was working on a release for myself and it used RGB and the colors were neon and neon is not something you can replicate and print very easily. Certainly not cheaply. You have to pay extra It's and it's very complicated. And so when I went to do the vinyl version of my digital cover, the neon yellow or the neon green that I was using looked really muted. Same with the blue. So what I decided to do is I decided to kind of create a much simpler version for my vinyl and my cassette release that shrunk the image, used almost a different color, used that color less prominently, uh, and used more blacks and whites so that it, it wasn't suffering from the CMYK curse as much. But on digital, I did things that were a lot more vibrant and crazy. And so I ended up creating a different cover for the cassette then the digital and a different cover for vinyl and a different cover for CD, 
all across the board. I just thought that would be kind of cool, but they all matched. They just were different layouts of the cover. So I don't see a lot of people doing this. It's not a mistake if you don't do it. Um, so it doesn't really fit on this list, but I'm just encouraging you to give it a try. Just think outside the box. I mean, there's really no rules except for these 10 <laughs> rules, but there's not a ton of rules when it comes to like different designs for different formats. It might be something fun to try. Mistake number seven is asking people what they think of your album cover. I hate this. And you might think I'm wrong. This is just my opinion, but it's my podcast. I'm allowed to talk about this. But I don't love it when artists will say, okay, I'm going to see what my mom thinks, or I'm going to see what my boyfriend thinks about this, or I'm going to email it to a bunch of friends. I hate when people do this because we are the creatives, the record label, the graphic designer, the artist, the band members, we're the creatives. We're not going to get feedback on how a snare sounds or how a, how a guitar tone sounds. I don't want that kind of feedback from the general public. And I'm not going to ask for that feedback from an album cover. Either they like it or they don't. The other reason I don't like asking people for, for like criticism on something is that when you ask like a normal person for their criticism or their like critique of something, I feel like they feel obligated to point something out, even if like something doesn't stand out to them. They feel obligated to make something up. Otherwise, they they look dumb. And so if you're asking them for their advice, they've got to come up with some advice. And so I feel like people just kind of come up with criticisms. And so when you show someone an album cover, they're like, oh, I can't see the text. It's too small. You know what I mean? Like people come up with these different things. It's like, oh, I don't know if I really like that yellow. Maybe try it in a different color. Nobody would say that if they're flipping through records in a record store. They'd either be like, I like this or I don't like it. They wouldn't say, gosh, if this yellow were a bit more orange, I'd buy this album cover. You know what I mean? This is just my pet peeve. So um, forgive me. I don't like polling the general public on creative decisions. Let me know in the comments or send me an email if you agree or disagree. I'm kind of curious. Mistake number eight is album covers with bad resolution. This is a simple one. Um, if you're doing digital only releases, or certainly if you're doing print releases, but even with digital only releases, make sure you have a high resolution image that you're working with. Make sure your graphic designer, ideally your graphic designer, or if you're using Canva, can export you multiple sizes. I would say small, medium, large, extra large. And extra large would be maybe... I don't know, maybe 5,000 pixels by 5,000 pixels, maybe even more. Let's say 5,000 by 5,000. Uh, large would be maybe like half that, 2,500 by 2,500 or 3,000 by 3,000. I'm not sure what Spotify requires right now. It's a lot. It's a lot. I think it's more than 3,000 by 3,000. So I'll tell you why. <clears throat> the reason why uh, high resolution graphics, because you might think, what does it really matter? Like you could get away with like a 200 pixels by 200 pixels because most people are just looking on their on their computer screen and it's very small in Spotify or in iTunes or Bandcamp or on their phone where it's even smaller. Well, some people listen to music on YouTube and some people listen to music on Spotify on their smart TVs in their living rooms, which is really normal and really cool. And the, the app looks good. And same with Apple TV, with Apple Music. And in those cases, with like on a 40-inch or a 50-inch television, your album cover is blown up on a 4K device. And so you want to make sure your album cover is as high resolution as possible because when you upload it to your distributor, they'll take the highest resolution image, then they'll send various sizes to different mediums and different outlets depending on what they need. And so if your fans are listening on a smart TV with really high resolution, you want your album cover to look good. So make sure you upload 
uh, the highest resolution that you have possible. I think, I think like 5,000, maybe 6,000 is enough. I'm not sure. Number nine, not establishing a visual aesthetic for your record label. So this isn't necessarily, well, this is a little bit about album artwork. And um, I, you know, you would, some of you will argue if this is actually a mistake and if this is something that maybe you don't care about doing. I really like it when a record label has like a consistent, cohesive visual aesthetic. I use um, our friends at 12K as an example on, on the video version. I can't show this to you now, but you can check out 12k.com and the consistency of their album covers. Of course, Blue Note is probably the most famous who have like a similar designer in a similar look and feel with the artist name and the track listing sometimes and the Blue Note logo on the cover and different colors. And so when you're in a record store, you recognize that as a certain album from a certain label. We have labels in our community who do, who do something just very simple as putting their logo in the top right corner in a color that complements the design. Just something very simple. Some record labels in our community use an Obi strip and the album covers all look super different, but the Obi strip, which is that like paper, like small little paper, um, you know, what would you call it? Uh, like a, just like a little um, card that goes along the side or wraps around like a, like a, a band around the vinyl or around the cassette or the CD. Um, they use like a, an Obi strip and all those Obi strips look consistent across the board. I think it's really cool. I think it adds to the branding and starts to put your name as a record label out there in the world so that when people are in record stores, they start to recognize your record label. That is really cool. So I, I am sad that most record labels don't do that. And I think you should do it. There's a bit of a fear of like, uh Oh, what are we committing to? Cause we, you know, ideally you, once you commit to something, you have to use it for like a decade so that it has that effect of like 10 years later, people see your records in the wild. So it is a little bit difficult to like find a design and commit to it because everybody's always looking for something new and exciting to freshen things up. But I think it's really cool when your record label has a visual aesthetic um, that's carried through on each release. And the final mistake um, I, I see people make, and this is, I'm so guilty of this, is not respecting the artist's vision for their album cover. This is so hard for me to say, and if my artists are listening, they're going to call me out for being a hypocrite. But I find this really difficult because I, I cherish album covers and I find them uh, to be more important than the music for me as a music fan, to be honest, if I'm being honest. And um, I, and so I projected that onto my artists on my label and, and a lot of artists on my label don't care about album covers and, or they want to do something that's meaningful. They want to hire their sibling or their friend to, to make the album cover. And that's more meaningful to them. And I, and I find that really difficult and, and it's, it's created a little bit of clashing with some of my artists and I find that my record label, I'm going to talk about this in a future episode actually, but my record label is a creative outlet for me and it's an expression of my creativity. And so to release an album cover that I'm not proud of, even though it's not my album is hard for me to do. I've done it in the past and I've, and I've, and I've put the brakes on things in the past because of this. And this is a fault of mine. Um, I'm dealing with it. And I just want to, I'm speaking to myself here that it's really important to respect the artist's vision because it's their name. It's their name on the, uh, on the cover and they have to live with it. 
even when they're they're no longer with your label. It's part of their discography for the rest of their lives and they have to live with it. So respect them because we have some labels we've had on the show who let the artist completely guide the creative process. The label does not deal in the album cover at all because they've signed an artist to their label based on their artistic creativity. And so they're trusting them not only with the music, but also with the visual side of things. So respecting the artist's vision is something that's really important. And again, it's the hardest thing for me to do when it comes to album covers. There is your 10. And let me read them back to you and I'm going to give you a bonus one. Number one is spending too much money. Number two is not hiring a graphic designer. Number three is not thinking about the whole album campaign. Number four is not understanding the difference between CMYK in print versus RGB in digital. Number five is not utilizing layered files in Photoshop. Number six is not doing unique designs for each format. Number seven is asking people if they like it. Number eight, album covers with bad resolution. Number nine, not establishing a visual aesthetic for your entire record label. And number 10, not respecting the artist's vision. My bonus tip for you is to not overthink it. I mean, obviously you're listening to this episode um, and I've just created 10 mistakes and I'm kind of forcing you to overthink things, but don't let it delay the process. Let's just get going. Find something that matches the sound of the music. That's really important to me. Find something that will work well, not just on your screen in a square, but also looks good if you're ever pressed to, to vinyl or, or if it's going on cassette or CD or on a t-shirt or on a poster. But really, let's just get to it. Don't let it hold up the process. Um, I, I think about artwork a lot, but at the same time, I, can, I put something together really quick and I get happy with something really quickly. So is, contrary to this, all these 10, to these 10 tips, don't overthink it. You can get these tips and um, uh, the, watch the video form of this and all of my other resources on album covers and album artwork by going to otherrecordlabels.com slash artwork. Also, there's a micro course coming out on this topic and about manufacturing soon. So keep a lookout for that. And there's a micro book on this topic called Art and Design for Record Labels that you can get on Amazon. And you can also find it on our website. Thanks so much for listening.